in general, like a word of advice is it should be idea, build, get customers, then fun to grow. That should be the cycle. Once again, my fellow Americans, but I'm not even going to limit it to just America. I'm going to limit it to the universe, humans, even extraterrestrials, any being. If you're if you're a rabbit and you can understand this, hey, welcome Benji. to Benji. Shout out to Benji, the mascot, <laughs> DGT mascot. Welcome to Digital Good Times. This is episode numero 38, and we just did it regular this time. We, you know, sometimes we can, we don't want to be predictable, Okay. And uh, I go by the name of Small Eyes with AZ. And uh, who else do we have with us in this building today? Ada Lauren. Jack Preston. And Jewel Burks. Jewel. And, and, and <laughs> Tristan Kavari. And shout out to uh, uh, the ghost in the background, uh, my brother Speed Wilson. He's somewhere in the building, too, kicking it with us. And, uh, well, we got some awesome, awesome stuff in store for us. Tell, tell the people what we got in store for us today, Ada. So today we have my friend, Jewel Burks, in the house. Uh, she is the co-founder of PartPick, a local startup here that is on its way of being an enterprise. And um, the team, I'm happy because we have a, a real female CEO <laughs> in the building. Um, and so shall be fun it, say it. to interview her in a few seconds. Mm-hmm. So, um, besides that, I told today's theme, we said becoming a CEO. Um, that's what we're focusing on because mm-hmm. nowadays, um, millennials are rising very quickly um, in headlining, headlining um, major corporations like the CEO of Snapchat, Evan mm-hmm. Spiegel, is 25 years old. Um, Mark Zuckerberg was a very young boy when he started his company. A boy. <laughs> young boy. A young boy. A young, young boy was very even young. The, <laughs> even the Google founders were like 30 when they uh, started their yes. company. So as you can see that um, people are no longer taking the old routes like a Vanderbilt and Rockefeller uh, to create these organizations. They are using technology to create enterprises. And so Jewel has one um, part pick that is doing that but it's helping B to B community, B business to business, and before it goes to B to C, correct? That's correct. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, how I guess we should just talk about being a woman, and how does it feel? Do you get nervous sometimes? Wait, doing about being, being a woman? Being a female CEO in a in a male a white male dominant field. Mm. Mm. Um, do I get nervous? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, not anymore. No. I mean, I am who I am. I can't change it. That's something I'll never be able to change. So, no. Being a woman in a male-dominated industry does not make me nervous. So, when you go into um, these boardrooms and they ask you about your product, um, do they look at you like she doesn't know what she's doing? Or do you ever feel that, that energy in the room? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel that all the time. Um, I I feel it in a way, this is how it usually happens. I might go into a 
meeting or be at a booth at a conference um, and the person who is speaking to me will direct their attention to whoever is with me. So if I'm with one of my team members, uh, they'll talk to, to that person as if they know more than I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually how it, it comes out is that people don't make eye contact or they don't direct questions to me when I'm the person who they should be directing questions to because I'm the one making majority of the decisions. You're the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, people will say, are you the marketer or, you know, what is your role here? Like, did they hire you to mm. be the face? Um, so, yeah, I definitely experience it in a lot of different ways. And I said that I'm not nervous anymore. It certainly mm. has been a journey. It wasn't out the box. Like, I have all this confidence about being a woman and a CEO and in a space that's very much male-dominated. It was something that, you know, over time of just knowing that I know everything there is to know about my company and just building confidence around that is kind of how I've gotten to this place where being a woman is not the thing that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. So I guess being, we all have this entrepreneurial spirit here at Digital Good Times, you know, and we are, <laughs> we are building our brands, um, but it's a lot of CEOs in one room, right? So how does a how do you balance um, leading? I'm sure you have other strong personalities in your organization. How do you keep that balance so that the company doesn't fall apart? Um, great question. Yeah, I think that. I've put the right people around me. So it doesn't really feel like that. I don't really have to fight that battle a lot. Um, It's certainly, we have arguments, we have things that we disagree on, but I think that we've created a space where people feel like they can express their opinions um, in a way that's going to be received and respected. So I I really don't feel like I have to challenge my own team. Um, Now, I've built this team this way. It hasn't, it it didn't perfectly come together. It's been over time and space and and letting go of people. Um, And and for example, I had someone that was working with me that told me point blank, I don't work well with women or I don't take direction well from women. Mm -hmm. And that was like, oh, well, you don't want to work here (laughs) because... I'm you know, a woman if you haven't I, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna need to do that, right? So, uh, I think it's brave. Yeah, like to the to the That's CEO rude. of the company, I don't work well with. Yeah, you. and I mean, so I have a co-founder, and he's he's a man, uh, yes. um, and so this particular guy felt like he could just make his request and um, just correspond directly with my co-founder, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well. I need to be in the loop on certain things. And anyway, that relationship didn't work out because, yeah, that wasn't how we're going to operate things. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I've gotten a point to a point with my team where I feel really good about everyone who's working on or with Part Pick right now. Um, and I feel like there's a level of respect between the team. And obviously, there's always going to be growing pains. There's always going to be things that we have to work out in terms of communication styles and um, and everything, but yeah, I think it really has to do with the people that you kind of put in your space. I have a question about so we, you know, 
my gender and ethnicity, but more I wanted to dial in more on the on the age. You know, being mm-hmm. you being a young CEO, how I know like when you're in a space that's very unique and very niche, like who do you talk to? A some people around your age aren't CEOs. A <laughs> B B especially in our community and the black and brown community. So like where do you go to or who do you go to advi- advice that's in your peer group? Like, you know, for either inspiration or questions that may not be inside your immediate, like, company circle. Like, who do you look towards or, you know, talk to to try to get relatable kind of information and, and uh, just get on the same page with? Yeah, so I um, honestly think that youth, you know, I'm 26 years old, so being relatively young is another thing that is in the same bucket as being a woman, being black. It's like mm-hmm. a thing that could potentially be a... It can be a hindrance um, in some ways, especially like like I said in the industry. And when I talk about the industry I'm in, I'm really talking about like the fastener space, the industrial yeah. part space. Yeah. So not even tech, because yeah. tech I feel is really open to youth. Um, but the industrial part space is a is uh, dominated yeah, by people who specific. are like over fifty or sixty. So yeah, that's real. Um, oligarchs. <laughs> the oligarchs. Yeah, so so you know, in terms of getting advice and talking to people who are relatively, you know, around my same age or peer group, um, I I I try to keep myself involved in different groups and like for example, um, at Georgia Tech, there's a, a program called ATDC, and mm-hmm. Parpick is a, a signature company for ATDC, and mm-hmm. there's a CEO lunch that happens every Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I make it a point to try to attend that lunch as much as I can because it's people who, um, some of them are, you know, close to my age, some of them are older, but are, we all have this shared experience of being CEOs of early stage tech companies in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which is a unique kind of you know, mm-hmm. a unique experience. So we can share, say, this is what happened to me. This is what this is what I'm dealing with with somebody on my team, or this is what problem I'm having with like imports and exports, or we mm-hmm. you know whatever the topic may be. Um, and that's nice to have people who are kind of going through the same thing that you can bounce ideas off of and hear the obstacles that they face, and so you don't have to fall into the same traps. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Well, we have. Uh... <laughs> gotten into we call it just kind of like getting the feet wet a little bit just kind of exchanging vibes we're going to get into a quick little vibe selection um and then we're going to come back and really get into some meat and potatoes with uh miss jewel of part pick making moves and like we're just being really humble but there's some really really incredible moves being made that the people and i think especially for uh just our, our community but young women people in general need to know about what you're doing so they can see the example and how that it can be done and that's what we're about but we're gonna let y'all vibe out we're gonna come back uh you're rocking with d-i-g-i good times we out here Good.
She was at Goody Hack, and it was like, ooh, who's the black girl in town who's running Google, right? Well, I'm part of the Google family. And so, <laughs> you know, I had to do my stalker thing. So I stalked her for a while, and then she started coming around, and then I started working for a co-working space called Collider, and PartPick was the only minority-owned company inside of Collider. The core venture is one, but that's totally different. And so I saw Jewel going back and forth in Midtown, building her company, um, and bringing exposure to Tech Square uh, more than any other company in that vicinity that we're in. And so Jewel just became like, ooh, now Jewel's going to be like big sister, even though we're the same age. But, you know, it's amazing how we're, we are the same ages and how people's careers go in different uh, wavelengths. And you just see, like, she still inspires me to do better. It's because in 10 years, she'll be on the cover of Forbes and Digital Good Times would have had her right when she was in the beginning right. of time. Uh, so we would like to welcome, again, Joel Burks to Digital Good Times. Kayla, are you trying to make me cry? Girl, that was really sweet. I only cry once a month. That was really precious. <laughs> No, but I will say that um, I don't know, and especially in Atlanta and the tech, um, the the black tech community is very small, and you basically know everybody. It's a handful, and especially it's different. I think we had this conversation at Good Times about um, the black community that is, when they say tech, they're doing PR marketing for it, mm-hmm. or are they the community doing, they're building the product? And mm-hmm. not a lot of the African-American community in Atlanta are building the products and they have a woman as 26 in Atlanta doing so. Mm-hmm. So, Jewel, um, how did Part Pick this come about? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Part Pick came about, I was working in the parts industry. So, working um, at a company here in Atlanta and I was doing sales management in the call center. So, this is very, like, not a glamorous job at all. And I should also say that I came to this company because I wanted to move to Atlanta, not because I wanted to work in the parts industry. I wanted to learn stuff about like logistics and supply chain, and I wanted to manage people. And those were the opportunities that I was presented working for this company. But prior to working for this company, I worked for Google. So I had like a tremendous amount of culture shock when I went from Google, which is obviously like a great place to work, very fun. Um, cool culture to a culture at this parts company that was 
the opposite. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so when I got there, I was really just thinking about, man, I cannot be here for very long. Uh, so my original plan was to be there for two years and then go to business school. That was my kind of, I knew when I got in, I have to have this plan about this. But then when I got there, I became very frustrated very quickly because the technology was just so poor. Um, the system would go down every other day and the system going down meant I would have to run around and pass out handwrites to the people on my team. And a handwrite is something where you actually have to, people are calling in placing orders for these parts. And if the system is down, then my team members would have to write these orders. So they could have like a hundred lines to an order. They would have to write down part number, the name of the item, blah, blah, blah. So it was just, it was a mess and I hated it. Um, and I hated it so much that I was like, you know what? This can't be. Like, this is very, very bad. And I want to change it. Um, and so that's really kind of how this stuff started circulating in my head about how could I bring technology to this industry that's making so much money. You will not imagine how much money is being spent on nails and bolts and, mm. you know, the things that, that just join stuff together. And so I wanted to kind of create something that was going to revolutionize this industry that's just like, you know, billions of billions of dollars. Um, and luckily, you know, I started thinking about it and my good friend who worked with me at Google had gone to work for Shazam. Um, so we had left Google around the same time. I went to this parts company and he went to Shazam. And so when I started thinking about these ideas, um, I called him up because I was thinking, Part pick is kind of like, I, didn't, I mean, it wasn't called part pick. It didn't have a name, but this idea would be kind of like um, Shazam for parts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we started talking about it. He was he was on board. And so that's really the beginning. Um, started building from there. So. So when you're. So you have this idea and then you go and find somebody to co-sign. Yeah. Right. And so uh, what was that pitch like? Yeah, so I, okay, so first thing is, the first person I got to co-sign was my mom. Mm -hmm. So I, I have the email saved. It was on 12 12, 12. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that wow. date is, like, special Sacred. to me. Was, um, and I sent her an email, and I said, the, the title of the email was um, something like, I had a stroke of genius last night. Mm -hmm. And I explained part pick. What is, the description that I gave her is very similar to what Parpic is today. I haven't really changed much from the original idea. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, do that. And that's that's really is. She, I said um, in the email thread, I was like, if I do this, will you support me? And she was like, I got you. So I knew from then on, at least if it doesn't work out, I can just go back home and live with my mom for a little bit and figure it out. <laughs> right, um, so that was like the moms. first. Yeah, right. So that, yeah, that was the first a little bit of validation. And then I think the next day I talked to Jason about it and we kind of went back and forth on chat all day. Um, and I, I still have that chat saved, too, because I was like, don't ever Mark Zuckerberg me <laughs> on this idea. No, you ain't going to get me yes. on this. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to make sure about that. But, um, yeah, we went back and forth about it, and he asked me questions. And I, I kind of knew from the chat, like, okay, I want him to be involved because he's asking me the right questions, um, sort of like picking at the idea. And um, 
Yeah, and that was like, that was the beginning. And I felt so passionately about it that from that moment, that w- that entered like a period of time where I was, I was crazy. Like I did not sleep. I was just researching, reading, um, talking to people, like going to events. I started becoming like obsessed, honestly obsessed with it. Um, and yeah, that's really how things kicked off. Oh, so mother, because you know, moms always says gives you the real um, opinion, <laughs> and then you brought on Jason, and then how you all said, okay, we're gonna name it Parpick, and then let's go get funding. No, okay, that's not the the that was not the chain of events. <laughs> so how did how does this come about? Because people would think like you have a name, I have an idea, let me go get it's money done. for it. No. So how do you? What is the process? Well. Okay, so um, I did come up with the name pretty shortly after. I think I bought the domain parpick.com on, like, first week in January of 2013. Like I said, I sent the email on 12-12-12. So it was less than a month before I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely doing this. And I I had a few names in my head, but parpick just stood out to me because it's just like, yeah, we're taking pictures of parts. It's perfect. And when the domain was available, I was like, oh, yeah, this is meant to be. Um, So... That was the first thing. And then, like I said, getting Jason on board. Um, and then I started doing a lot of research. So I entered this phase of just reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I also spent the time, my attitude towards work completely changed because I spent it as time of research. Like, I'm going to work, but I'm really just finding more out about the industry and how I'm going to eventually attack it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, I started really like going to work because I was doing things like um, researching why people were making errors, like why we were sending the wrong parts out and understanding where in the flow this happened and understanding that helped me say, okay, well, I think when I build this product, I want to focus on fasteners because that's where we're making the most mistakes yeah. or that's where customers are having the most trouble. So yeah, I I was basically just researching for six months and then... When I felt like I, I knew enough and um, I had applied to an accelerator. So basically I had a destination. Um, then I decided I was going to quit my job. <laughs> uh, and so I quit my job. I had saved some money up, of course. Um, and I packed my bags and went to New York and did an accelerator. So that was kind of my first thing. And that gave me some a little bit of funding, mm. enough to bring like an intern with me for the summer. Mm. Um, this is actually, it's funny. His name is Donovan. I love him to death. He's a family friend and he was a student, an engineering um, software guy from, from Auburn. Mm. And he was freaky. You know, he didn't have internship for the summer. So I was like, Hey, you want to come to New York with me and do this? Uh, yeah, um, that's, that's the move. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> I mean, that was cool. He, you know, he started us out trying to get like a little prototype together. Um, and then from there I met, my I met some people who were finishing up their PhDs at Georgia Tech, um, and then they kind of came on board and started helping us build stuff. Um, and so it's really like instead of you said idea to funding, no, it was like idea to build stuff, and then make the stuff good enough that people can see that it works, and then you might want to look at funding, mm-hmm. um, especially. And I would say in general, like a word of advice is it should be idea, build, get customers, 
than fun to grow, that mm-hmm. should be the cycle. Mm-hmm. But in Jeez. our case, we figured out like, oh, this is going to take some time to build because it's never been built before. And mm-hmm. we can't use stuff that's already existing out there. And we figured that out, but it took us kind of a long time to figure that out. So then when we realized like, oh, we need to have engineers that are full time to build this, then it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to raise some money because people are not going to work for free. So, so now you have, you're going through your wave as being a founder. We've had a conversation uh, here at Digital Good Times about the lean startup and how mm-hmm. you found your, your most valuable product. I guess yeah. About it. And then you have that, but then the technology around your product. So it is a visual recognition software, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you said it's like Shazam. So people who have Shazam, if you a song comes on at the grocery store, you can just put the Shazam app up and then it lets you know. But in your case, you're doing a part. And none of uh, bolts and nuts and all that stuff can mm-hmm. be difficult to find. So how precise like do you have to have your t- your, yeah, your, your product to sell it to like Home Depot and Lowe's. Yeah, so extremely. <laughs> um, so we're, you know, the thing that's unique about Parpick is we have immersed ourselves in this world of, of fasteners, literally like nails and bolts and screws and washers. Um, and so we understand what makes a bolt a bolt, what makes a nut a nut, what are the like thousands of different types of each of these parts, um, you know, the head types, the drive, the the TPI, threads per inch, all this mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Um, and so we understand that these are the different characteristics that make up each of these parts. And so our technology is able to detect each of these characteristics and use these characteristics to create a statistical model. And we match that model with something in our database. Um, so that's kind of how it works. I don't know if that was really geeking out on y'all, but um, no, no, that's we good. Want, yeah, I mean, okay. We want, we want the geek. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Because I'm, I'm, when I was reading more about the company, like, I was, like, fascinated about, like, how you guys were generating these new, like, algorithms for this kind of process. That's the part that I think, like, I'm, I'm going to just throw the plug out there that I think got, like, Obeezy. Shout out. I call him Obeezy. <laughs> they got Obeezy, like, excited. It's like, yo, these people are actually creating, like, their own unique, like, actual process for this. And that's the yeah. mind blowing part for me. I'm sorry. I just I just had to put that out there. I really like that you gave uh, Obeezy yeah, <laughs> a Obeezy. shout out. I don't, know. I don't know if you called him that. I don't know if you called him that when nah, you were talking to him. No, nah, we didn't. We didn't get to that that level. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a, hopefully I have a second meeting at some oh, point. So. But he's creating. Um, he's helping bridge the gap between um, the v- the VCs and trying to get them to yeah. donate. Yeah, yeah more, to, right? to contribute. Yeah. Because first, was that nerve wracking? Yeah, talk to us about that. Oh, and so she met President Obama. As people don't know, for those that don't know, AKA Obama, AKA Barry. And so, you and Jason, so basically, a coalition of minority owners went to DC. Well, I wouldn't even call him. They 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 wanted to be a diverse group, so I wouldn't say it was minority. It I think there were eight black black and hispanic mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there eight out of like 30 so mm-hmm. it yeah that's diverse i, yeah, su- I, I suppose um yeah piece of it that's so you start. so you that's but you i guess people should understand that jewel and part pick and jason have gone through many a seller i mean not many many pitch competitions and mm-hmm. kind of have won and knocked them out and knocked yeah. them out and so now when you know if i'm feeling myself 
as you know they like to say like <laughs> y'all you go to the president and he is literally walking through your product with you like how was that surreal or you like oh we're almost there to that point like then now like the big companies can look at us and maybe like the air force like having the military as a as a client, a client, oof, client oof. Is, yeah it's it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah that's a that's a, you know, a biggie and he's the commander in chief so like, yeah you can make that, that happen make that <laughs> happen. Flip, flip it's, with the wrist. yeah <laughs> how humbling was that moment to say oh the president Barack obama is looking at what we have we dreamt about in a aim message okay to be honest with you, I don't, I'm not trying to turn y'all show into a, a preaching message, but <laughs> girl, preach. That was that was really like I can't say nothing, but that's God. I I really can't because I couldn't I couldn't even believe it. And it, and the way it happened was so crazy. I got a call on Wednesday or Thursday the week before, and it happened on a Tuesday, so like th- mm. four days before, saying. Hey, we got your name, and we're wanting you to come to White House Demo Day. Come to White House Demo Day. Mm. That was the first. Mm. Then they called me back and said, oh, actually, it looks like we have space for you to exhibit at White House Demo Day. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm there. So that was good enough for me. I was happy (laughs) on that, just that alone. But then when we got to D.C., um, we we have a relationship with through a pitch competition actually um with steve case who is one of the co-founders of aol and his firm is called revolution and they're based in dc and so we were went on a visit to to that firm and you know i was kind of dropping hints like i don't know if y'all if y'all got the connections but i know i'm going to be in the white house tomorrow and i know i want to meet obama so if anybody here can make this happen for me Mm. i will love you forever (laughs) um so, you know, I'm, like, telling everyone I really want to meet Obama. Just making sure that everybody knows that I am about this mission. Um, and so when we got there, I noticed that the room we were placed in was, like, very well lit. So I was like, yeah, we're definitely – this is happening today. I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. This mm. is going to happen. But they didn't tell us. They didn't tell us, like, who's going to meet him. Um, but then they started kind of – staffers kind of started coming by and saying okay if someone really important walks by what are you going to tell them about your company and so i'm like okay yeah this is this happening then like 30 minutes before they finally were like okay yeah president Barack obama is coming in in 30 minutes you need to be ready so i'm over there like oh my god calm sweaty i'm like i haven't seen myself in a mirror in in many hours like i hope that i'm looking okay i don't want to meet the president and and be you know, not right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just thinking all type of crazy things. And then when he came in, he was just so cool. And it made me, it made me feel relaxed. Cause he was like, that's my dog. You know, he was real, he was really, <laughs> really personable and charming and handsome. And I just, I just love me some President Barack Obama. <laughs> that's the moral to the story. Like, the moral of the story is, I'm, and I'm, at I'm a fan. Yeah. Dang. I got a name for him too. B rock, B rock. So <laughs> interjection. So, so after after you're on USA Today, USA Today, and you're on the cover of Yahoo, right, where a female CEO is uh, Marissa Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, how like how does that feel to kind of be in huh? her world? Um, well, not even her as CEO, but as her as C- her as Marissa Meyer. And mm-hmm. how does that feel to like? I'm almost at the. Yes, you see my car. Oh, I don't feel that way. 
<laughs> I don't feel that way. I feel, okay, so funny thing about her in particular. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she used right. to work at Google, yeah. of course, and I used to work at Google. Mm-hmm. And I would always hear stories about her when I was at Google. Um, and so I already had kind of like an opinion about her. And then when I pitched that TechCrunch Disrupt last year, mm-hmm. she was one of the finals judges. And so I like had a little, not running, but like a little encounter with her backstage no 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 no. it was cool she was nice about it she was like you did a really good job that was all Mm. that she said um but anyway she's somebody that i definitely look up to and admire and i feel like she she just she is like a boss for real um (laughs) so i didn't i don't know i just there's a there are people who i look up to and think wow they've they've really accomplished a lot and she's she's still relatively young herself Mm -hmm. um like i mean she's she's still having babies so um yeah she's just a person that i think you know she has a a a very specific management style Mm -hmm. um and so when i think about the type of ceo i want to be i i read about people like her and i read about you know just different people and, and kind of pull bits and pieces and think about things i i think are good or maybe things that are not so good um, so yeah, that's my sort of opinion. I guess that's, that's a good segue. Um, you said about being the type of, what other women CEOs do you, uh, do you ref- like or ref- like would like to meet or who you would like to become or will you become yourself? But who do you say when she retires, um, you will be next? Hmm. That's a hard question. Um... I think I always just have a lot of respect for people like Ursula Burns, Xerox, Xerox CEO, just because as a black woman, like she's she's been in this thing. Um, so that's a person I, I've, I have never met who I would like to meet um, just to ch- talk to her, you know, talk it out. Um, I She's not a CEO, but I do have a lot of respect for her, and that's um, Sheryl Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And... She's another person who came from Google, and I sort of watched from afar. Um, actually, there are a lot of women that came from Google that I think are really amazing. It seems like Google is just producing this, like, cream of the crop over there. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, I saw an article, I, I don't know where it was, but I saw an article today that came out that it was about women who, who come from Google and do amazing things. Um, Stacey Brown Philpot, she's COO at TaskRabbit. She's a she's a person that I actually do know, and um, I think she's doing awesome stuff. So yeah, there are a lot of women. I mean, they, they talk about there not being a lot of women in tech, but mm-hmm. to me, I feel like there there are people that I can sort of draw from and look to for inspiration for sure. So, in my segue to that is who or what would you say if you had the podium and the platform to as you do now to talk to. Uh, I, I mean, we can we can say and specify it to this particular gender, but just to anybody who wants to get and be a stakeholder in this realm of platform creation, of startup creation, like what would you say? What kind of advice would you give to them? Um, the first thing is do something that is going to matter. Mm. That is my first mm. piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear nowadays, like now I hear people talk to me about like their ideas a lot. And I love to hear about people's ideas. I really, really love it. Um, but unfortunately, I hear a lot of ideas that are like, that really doesn't matter. And that's mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it when I hear it. I'm just, my first thought is that doesn't matter. Um, and so I would encourage people to do things that are going to have an impact. Not like it's going to make 
life a little better, but it's going to have an impact on someone. Um, and so I, I, I would like to <laughs> defend perfect with that in mind because sometimes people are like, oh, that's just like a, a nicety. But what they don't understand is that once when a company or like a industry um, or a machine shop or whatever can't find a part, they're losing thousands of dollars every second their machine is out of operation. So there's like a big economic impact that that part pick can can solve for. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to put that out there just in case anyone was thinking, oh, your, your, your shit don't have no impact. Boom. Because there's this bad. whole thing. There's this whole thing about like um, impact investing. And so a lot of the firms out there that have a focus or like say, well, they do invest in minority run business or black and Latino run businesses. Um, they have a focus on social, social impact. And so I, I have a, a feeling about that because I think that that's really narrow when they think there's, you know, a few companies that they always point to that, that are quote unquote social impact. But I have a, I have a little bit of a, like a gripe about that because I think that you can definitely do things that, that should be funded um, that do have impact, but it's just a little different than how people typically think right. about it. It's not does it doesn't have necessarily involve like it's not humans necessarily, but you're impacting a a service that is connected to humans. Yeah, you or know? you know, or you're making you're making people's lives better. Right. Like for example, yeah. I I saw the faces of the people who are working in the call center, uh, you know, phone contact center, whatever they want to call it, at the parts company. And they were miserable doing their yeah. jobs because they're having to flip through a big ass that stuff. You were just talking uh, about the worksheets book or and whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's you know they were ha- they didn't like it. And, and technology can make th- their lives better. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's a that's a soapbox. But um, <laughs> soapbox it up. Back to the original question is I I, I want people to do things that matter. Mm, cool. That's that's it. That, I mean that's 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 the punctuation right there. Psh, exclamation point right there. <laughs> yeah. So um. We uh we have a tradition here where we like to ask for the guests to present the party people with a song. Party people. Yeah, I, I call them. <laughs> Wait, where are that's, they? That's what you, yeah, that's his name. Oh, are are they not party people? They should yeah, be. They, okay. be. they should be. Life's um, a party. But yeah, so you know the folks, the listeners, um, a song that you're listening to, or just something you want to share with them, something on your uh on your phone. Okay. A tune. Okay, yes, I have a song. I have a song. Um, I would like to share this song. This is one of my, one of, if not my favorite song. And it is called Someday We'll All Be Free. Mm. And it's by Donny Hathaway, who I think is the best. The best. The best. The best. The best. Brother Donny, man. Oh, Isn't don't he even start it. Um, was he H-U, thank you for making that, that Shut observation. Well. <laughs> We're going to allow the wonderful party people to vibe out to the beautiful soul sensations of one of the best, I think, in the top five, at least, soul singers of all time, uh, Donny Hathaway. So they will all be free. And we come back with our final segment with the wonderful Miss Jewel. We're just soaking up these wonderful energy and aura and vibes, and I hope that it's permeating through your airwaves. <laughs> uh, once again, you rocking with Digital Good Times, D-I-G-I, Good Times. We out here.
Chilling. We having chill vibes right now. There's some there's some libations in true typical uh, digital forms fashion, but there's also agua because we stand liquidated and hydrated what? up <laughs> in here. You know, it's the best resource on the earth. Water, agua. Uh, we're gonna get into now our time honored tradition of higher fire. Also, just to remind everybody. That you can check out all of these articles. They're not made up. They're not just floating from the air. And our flip located on the Digital Good Times website, digigoodtimes.com. We got a magazine piece. Hopefully, if you guys like it or embrace it, we might make a physical one at some point. Uh, but we have a digital magazine for Flip that has all of the articles that we talk about and some of the things we talk about on every episode. So definitely check it out, man. It's a good companion piece for the show. Plug. In uh, plug. Uh, now, my headpiece for the article is uh, Live Coding now lets you hire a developer and watch them work in real time. So what Live Coding is, is they call it uh, Twitch for developers. So it's like you Twitch. We talked about this before. We've had uh, uh, video game developers on. Let you watch people play video games. Just lets you watch people code. So, you know, I think it's fantastic. If I, I'm working with, we were talking about before last week, 
Sherman, what were we talking about? Like, uh, or not Sherman, where uh, you can hire developers and is an uneasiness with it. I right, think yeah. well, when we were talking to Mbai from the uh-huh. legal uh, outsourcing, your yeah, outsourcing. You yeah. don't, you're like, I don't know this person. I don't know the quality of their work, their portfolio stuff. The but you don't know, you know. So if you get to watch it and you know get to see it as it's happening, you can have input on it. So I think it's incredible, and I definitely want to uh, acquire it. Yeah, that's pretty so, awesome. Yeah. It is pretty awesome. I always look at it on the other, like the flipping. Uh, if I'm coding for somebody, yeah, the way I code is like untraditional. So I'll code, maybe go take a drink and come back, code some more. It's not like I'm <laughs> just sitting there coding straight. Tipsy coding, exactly. Uh, that's best, it opens your mind, like it frees you from the, your the mind, limitations bro, of what the web is. Apparatus. So I don't know if I want anybody watching me, but I would want to watch somebody to make sure they're making okay. the most efficient. That's double standard, but that's fine. All right. <laughs> Okay. So I don't have an answer. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up. Oh. Okay. I guess I'll go. Yeah. So my headline is Fender goes digital so you don't quit guitar. So, um, yeah, I know, right? Oh, there, yeah. there's yeah. a Spree is in there. Yeah. That's that's spree, why I picked spree, that one. With I'm the guitar. A, uh, with the guitar on. Holding it. Fellow guitarist. Fender, mm-hmm. actually. Strings. Um, but, yeah, so basically uh, Fender just hired a new... Uh, Chief Digital Products Officer, uh, Ethan Kaplan, and he laid out the the uh, the plan for Fender's future and how they're going to integrate, you know, into the digital space because, you know, less people are, you know, playing and buying guitars. Yeah. So they're starting with a tuning app that will have a um, identity layer. I forgot what it's called. Identity recognition layer, which will uh, basically tie into other apps and other future digital Fender products. Mm. So basically the identity layer will be able to listen to what type of songs you like and suggest, you know, ah, tabs for songs tabs. you like and, ah. you know, yeah, that's different super, tuning and that kind of thing. Super dope. Yeah. Super dope. That's that's them being smart and being on the wavelength. Uh, yeah. Higher. 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 For sure. Higher. I like it. Bye. Music bye, and bye. technology. We need more guitar players. We need more instrument players. Just because everything's digital and electronic, yeah, man. I'm awful. Don't shy away from it's gonna like, go actual back. instruments. I've had a few people ask me that question in the past week. Y'all like, really? do you think real music music will will ever come back? And I'm like, yeah, you yeah, gotta tell them it never back. left. They just gotta look in the right places. There's That's true. New wow. That's true. <laughs> Getting all deep up in this place. <laughs> <laughs> this place. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up to the plate. I'll go next. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the one I selected was your phone knows if you're bored by how much you use it. And this is something that uh, researchers in Barcelona have been working on to develop algorithms that can determine a user's level of boredom based on um, how long it's been since they received a call or a text and the activity that they're doing on their phone. Um and I would like to hire, I mean, no, not hire. I would like to fire <laughs> this <laughs> because I feel like this will lead to levels of depression that <laughs> are, you know, if your phone is telling you that you're bored and you are yeah, bored and right. you're contemplating, like, why hasn't anyone called or texted me? <laughs> um, I feel like this will make people very sad, even more sad than they probably already are because their phones are dry. 
and right, I personally suffer right. from this, so <laughs> <laughs> I really don't wow. want Dang, that, that a, much insight. Is that a phrase like dry? Is that what is that? That mean like it's not getting. It's not getting. It's not, not getting wet. no love. What? Your phone ain't. See, getting, your phone's not dry. Right. You so right. you don't know, know the I mean, phrase. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, I've had getting I've had droughts. I know about I know about the droughts. Okay, I definitely I mean, know a little what, bit about that. What is the purpose? Like telling you that you're bored. If you're on your phone, you know when you're bored and you're not bored. Yeah. So I think the the business opportunity they see here is basically feeding you games or uh, things that uh, will unbore you i'm afraid that's of that eye. only that's because it. so i'm on both sides from a business aspect i can see that that's like another trackable you know uh set of data yeah if they know when you're bored it's like boom let me throw this let's throw this at them let's throw this at them and it would actually probably land a lot stronger than if they're just throwing you as at a time that is not engaging for you right so that's frightening because it's going to add, I mean, like, say if a company like Facebook or somebody like that buys it, man, like, oh, I know whether... Facebook it, already does that, man. Well, it probably does. It probably does. And many other things. But, yeah, I would hire and fire it because I don't like that <laughs> level of intrusive. Yeah, same it's time. too much. Same time. Yeah, it's, it's like, much. that's the first time. Is this our first, my first hire and fire? fire. Yeah, that's wow. my first double layer right there. <laughs> fire. A fire. So I had, I was going to be, like, the wrong person. I was going to do, like, I was going to cheat and be like, I'm just going to hire a park pick. Because yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, plug city. No, for real though, no. I mean, for real. Right, um, in that real quick. Like, yeah, because yeah, you're still private, right? Oh yes. So we can still invest, right? I mean, yeah. How much is in your bank account? No, because my mom always asks me. Okay, sorry. So besides private, uh, NASA is just NASA to me has always been this thing that. I believe like they should just be in the movies because they're so opulent. I don't know, like NASA is just like this uh, secret thing organization. Yeah, in, in Houston, right? And so um, now NASA created a material that can heal itself in less than a second from hurting space debris. So like, imagine mm-hmm. if like if the aircraft got something like a meteor mm-hmm. hit it and then. It's like a human. Yeah, it, like, right. it regenerated its own skin. A humanoid. That's because they just be in fire. there doing stuff. <laughs> you said I fire? No, like it's for like the nanotechnology. Oh, stuff it that, is. That oh, it is fire. Like nano- cool. I've seen it in a movie too. Man, mm-hmm. and movies, man. Art imitating life yeah. or life imitating art? Yeah. So right, I think NASA, I would hire NASA. Hire. Yeah, the whole company. Let's hire the world. You're like, you're right about their opulence. They spend money very, 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 recklessly oh, yeah. but and like you know kind of responsibly but on something like that if it can save a life in space and then you know potentially help us get further like last week we talked about like people want to they're exploring space time and like how right. to get to space hole. time and get to black holes exactly. so all this kind of things converging together we can be in other universes yes yeah like I mean, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of like Houston I'm gonna let other NASA. folks go first absolutely <laughs> no when we follow suit we end up in the struggle we in the movies we're yeah, we the first, first ones to die first one's I'm gonna let you go first, first one's and then you come back <laughs> hey did you know they're building like a, a space station in Houston but to like what? like an airport but for other planets yeah, we're building it in Houston. Just oh to yeah, let you know. I did like, hear about that. Is is that something SpaceX is doing? Yeah. So. Oh, is it SpaceX, y'all? I don't know. Is it, if it, if it's, I don't it's know Elon. who it is. You can do Shout out to up. Elon, man. Let's have you he on. He was bro. on the shout um, out, bro, bro. The Stephen Colbert. Yeah, show wasn't it fantastic? Yeah. Man, Colbert. He's he's the he's the new. King no, I saw the Tesla. Yeah. That thing is sexy. It's Isn't amazing. It? I feel like Teslas are taking over. Atlanta, well, yeah, Elite are. Atlanta. It's the yeah, yeah. 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 I was in Buckhead when I saw definitely. it. So, definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Definitely. I, I've been seeing a lot of Teslas lately. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. are they giving Your out? Turn, oh, kid. speaking over the take. Speaking of takeover, uh, Verizon has been working on a 5G network that's supposed to be faster than Google Fiber, mm-hmm. uh, 30 to 40, 30 to 50 times faster than 4G. Mm. So they said you can download Guardians of the Galaxy in 15 seconds. Mm. That's what's up on a mobile device now. Mm. Like. Yeah, higher fire, nice, nice. Higher, higher, higher. Of course, higher. the data stream—they just yeah. get faster, faster. And Verizon like, has like the best. They, they just I just switched though. to Verizon, and I'm so happy because I've been on lot. Sprint, and I've been losing for the past mm-hmm. several years. So yeah, they cost a lot. Come on. I now. think I mean I I just find it interesting how they just like breadcrumb it out. It's like Intel. I was talking it up with uh, my bro Spree. Uh, we were talking about how like just who who are these chip makers? Those are the real headhunt. The who? chip makers. Like, they do that, the breadcrumb of, like, okay, this year, now we're going to release the next version of this chip, and then the next version, and the next version. Uh, They're the okay. ones that really dictate the needle of technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm where sure they man. have, like, mm-hmm. like these chips. Yeah, the like chip, they already, they already advanced, yeah, they're 50 like, years ahead. No, we got we to gotta ease them into it. Yeah, man, it. that's annoying to me, man. We need to, we need to get behind that. But, anyway, interjection. Yeah, I'll hire. Hire? I didn't say Hire, it. for sure. Yeah. Hire. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh yeah, we just vibed. We just vibed all the way out, man. I feel really good. Uh, how how are you guys feeling? Pretty, pretty feeling chill. good. I feeling feel great. Nice. I think that this episode we becoming a CEO is a real thing. Yeah, and yeah. More people in our generation are creating their own yeah um, vehicles to get there, mm-hmm. and Jewel is one of many. And so shining. It's great to see a CEO and not a boss. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be a boss, but boss. they just want to. What does that even mean? Uh, exactly. Yeah, what I'm does a that boss mean? on Instagram. Exactly. Like, what are you the boss, what are you, what are you, Who are you bossing? What are you, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. are you bossing? You that's, the, that's the question yeah, right there. Yeah. Right. Mm. Boss of your own life. Well, <laughs> tell the people how they can check out what you all are doing one more again. And, uh, get, you know, if they want to get in touch with you, if you want people to get in touch with you. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you can find out more about PartPick on PartPick.com or follow us on Twitter at PartPick. P-A-R-T-P-I-C. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Jewel Melanie. <laughs> at Jewel Melanie. Um, and on Instagram, same, at Jewel Melanie. LinkedIn, Jewel Burks. Yeah. Boom. You just got Bam. all of those linkages. And the same token, you want to catch up with us. You want to ask us questions, people you think we should have on, vibes you feel like we should connect with at Digital Good Times. Feel free to connect with us on all of your platforms, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, under D-I-G-I Good Times. Um, you can also check out the website as well. But we want y'all to really interact with us. Uh, we do want this to be a back and forth discussion and dialogue, just like our show. But thank you all for rocking with us as always. We're just going to continue to grow, continue to hit you with more incredibleness. We're going to continue to stay diverse and impactful and relevant. And uh, hopefully, with your help, we're going to keep growing. So thank you all again. Sure. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you, Ada, for holding this Love down, you, bringing this awesomeness to us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did it good times. We squatted up out here. Y'all should already know. <laughs> okay. They should. Boom. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Just stop me. I'll keep like lingering. I did this lingering. Thing, I'm like, stopping. And it's stop like, and it's and like, we're done.
Champagne on 